Morning. It's great to be uh, gathered. If you are standing here, you can take a seat. Thought we had a blackout for a moment, but we're okay. Well, uh, if we haven't met before, my name is uh, Ryan. I'm part of the, the team here, and uh, it's it's great to be in this series. Was anyone uh, engaged last week on Sunday with as we kicked off this series? Uh, we are all saints. Is kind of what I took from that, and uh, just uh, just great at, at looking at the, the book of Corinthians and, and kind of what Paul is writing uh, to them. And you know, what I, I love about Scripture is that even though uh, Paul could write a, a letter uh, all those years ago, that we can open up the Word of God and it can speak right to us today where we are. That the a letter that was written to, to the church of Corinth, to the people in their context, going through what they're going through, even though it was so vastly different in the stage of history to what it was written. That the Bible is, is so solid that we can open it, we can read that letter and we can take stuff out of that. And that God would speak to us and allow it to change who we are. And so this morning, my hope would be that as we, we gather around God's Word, uh, despite all the things that will come out of my mouth, that you will leave here today knowing a little bit more about who God is and His purposes for your life. And not just what, he, uh, what it might say to, to all of us, but what it would say to you. And as I prayed before, I truly believe that you gathered here not by accident, you didn't, maybe you did accidentally click a link. I do that kind of thing all the time. And maybe you clicked a link and you found yourself here today. You might have done it by accident. But God is not in the business of accidents. And so my hope would be this morning that you leave here empowered to live a life for Christ. That you would leave here a little bit more passionate about living for Him than what you did when you walked in here this morning. Does that sound okay? And I wanted to, to look, the, the title uh, of my message, I don't know what's going to come up on the screen because I wrote that ages ago, as in like not last night, but uh, not really. But I wanted to look at the idea of building a life that matters. That all of us, well, I hope this is all of us, it's a good generality. If you don't, we can talk about it later. But I feel like all of us wake up and we want to live a life that matters. Does, is that, does that resonate with anyone here this morning? You want to live a life that makes a difference, that matters. Do you feel like when you get out of bed in the morning, there's a, there's a reason for it? I'm the kind of person that if there's no reason to get out of bed, I would happily lay there all day. Like, don't even need to be asleep. Don't even care about the sleep-in factor. Like, I can just lay there and pretend I'm asleep, and it almost feels as good as being asleep. I have two small children, and so uh, they don't believe in sleeping in. They don't, my, my oldest son doesn't actually believe in letting anybody else sleep in. It's just like, I'm up, you're up, that kind of vibe. Particularly my wife, they're best friends, and so they like to start the day together and finish the day together and uh, do everything during the day together. <laughs> and I just get to go along for the ride, but it's not a silent ride. So sometimes pretending to be asleep is as good as being asleep. You hear what I'm saying? But the reality is we all get up and want to know that our life is counting for something, that it's making a difference for something. You know, little kids, you ask them what they want to do and they, when they get older, I once asked my son this and he said he wanted to work at McDonald's and, and be the person, not that um, took the money at the payment in the drive-thru, but the one that got to give out the coffee because he didn't want to count the money or uh, be responsible for taking the order. I was like, dream big, son. Here we go. The coffee distributor. It's an important role. It's what gets me going in the morning. 
But most of the time, you ask a little kid what they want to do. I was expecting him to say, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. At the moment, my five-year-old, he wants to be an Avenger. Just because he has the suit doesn't mean you're Iron Man. And tell me all the things about Iron Man. They dream so big. But somewhere along the line, I feel like we learn to settle for the things that we think are kind of normal. In our relationship with God, in our, in our walk, in our journey of faith, somewhere along the line, whether it's a, an experience of life or, or, or something that we think is a reality or where we cap our knowledge of God, we kind of go, well, maybe this is kind of it. And I'll just place my faith in this kind of little box or circle or whatever shape you desire this morning. And I'm going to kind of leave it here. And this is how it's going to relate to my life. But I truly believe if we want to build a life that matters, it's got to go so far beyond what we think God can do. What we've experienced God can do. And begin to take, I guess, a little bit more seriously what we do in our faith and what God can do with our faith to see it make a difference in the world around us. You know, yesterday, uh, for those that are interested and for those that are not, I'm talking, so I'm going to share the story. Anyway, uh, the AFL Grand Final was played. Any AFL fans, anyone watched that yesterday? The nighttime spectacle-ish. But the Richmond Football Club, uh, who have become quite despised because they win, I noticed that happens in Australia, uh, they won their third premiership in four years. And I kind of didn't want them to win because they weren't the sentimental heroes. I was kind of going for the other side. But this interesting thing came out this week from 10 years ago where the, the, the CEO that took over the Richmond Football Club 10 years ago, full of debt, not winning, really low membership base, really irrelevant kind of to the competition, came in and they asked him what he was going to do. And he said, in 10 years' time, we will win three premierships, have zero debt and 75,000 plus members and made a strategic plan to, to see that happen. That strategic plan actually got leaked somewhere along the journey, and he was given a hard time about that, going, that seems a bit arrogant, seems a bit far in front. Well, that was 2010. And if I do maths, we're in 2020, and that's 10 years. And yesterday, they won their third premiership. They have zero debt. In fact, they're like killing it with money, and they have well over like 90,000 members. And why I find that story so interesting is he wanted to take something that was kind of seemed a bit irrelevant, it was a little bit of a joke really, and turn it into something great. And it's really easy to kind of say, throw those numbers out there, 3075, that was kind of their, their motto behind it. We want to have 3075, 10 years, that's our goal. And he said, we may kind of not get there and whatever happens this weekend will kind of happen, this was in the lead up to yesterday, but we're kind of back in a space that's relevant and it wouldn't have happened without a plan. And I think for so many of us, we, we go through life and it's just day to day and we get up and we do what we got to do and we hope we're doing it the best we can and, and then we're off to bed. But I, I believe that Jesus' plan for our life is that we would dream bigger than that. That we would know that on our own we can achieve so much, but with him we can achieve so much more than we could ever ask, hope for, or imagine. Something our church is always on about, isn't it? And Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians. And he's talking about how they're the church. And we're all saints. We're all called to do, to do the work of the Lord. We're all called to live a life for Christ. 
that we're all called to do. It's not just down to a few. It's not just, he's saying it's not just down to me. It's not just down to the, to the other leaders or the pastors. It's actually, it's up to all of us. But then he starts in this uh, area, chapter 3, which we're going to be looking at. And the verses we're going to look at are, are, are chapter 3, 10, verses 10 to 23. This little section that I believe gives us a little bit of an idea of what it means to build a life that matters. See, a lot of Corinthians is, is dealing with issues in the, in the church, dealing with kind of false teaching a little bit, dealing with kind of issues of the heart and behavior. It's actually quite a, a strong letter. I kind of imagine Paul up in some kind of upper room somewhere, probably in the dark, scribing like pretty harshly. He kind of, Paul doesn't seem to be a, a, the guy that kind of mixes his words. And he just gets straight down to business with them and he's trying to help them understand what it actually looks like to be the church. And we're going to start with these first few verses here, verse 10. And it says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. I love this in verse 7. It says this, it says, For no one can lay any foundation than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. And the first thing I want us to understand that if we want to build a life that matters, if we want to do something with our life that counts, not just on earth, but for God, we have to understand that ultimately the only foundation we can build upon is Jesus. And Paul's going to use this, this idea of building all through these scriptures, which I, I kind of love, not because I'm a builder, I don't mind watching the block, watching other people kind of build. Also, I don't understand how it's safe to buy one of those houses. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm like, what building experience have you had? Oh, I'm a little bit of a chippy. Oh, cool, great. $3 million, please. No, 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 no. But if we're not, you know, Paul kind of says here, he's saying the only foundation you can build upon is Christ. And so as followers of Christ, if we're building on any other foundation in our life, we're building the wrong house. If we're building a foundation that goes, I just need financial security, you're building on the wrong foundation. You're building the wrong house. If it's, I just want to be a good person, the key to life, I hear this all the time, the key to life is not anything else other than kind of, you just be a good person. Being a good person is good, but it is not the foundation of Christ that we build our lives upon. We built a house in uh, 2010, yes, 10 years ago, still not finished. But I remember waking up one night, that's mostly my fault, I remember waking up one night thinking I was being robbed. I could hear this noise in my backyard, I'm like, we're being robbed, I'm like, do you hear that? And so he's like, yeah, we're, be we're, we're being robbed, someone's in our backyard. So like a hero, I got up, turned on the light, tried to look scary. And what I discovered is that my dog had dug up my alfresco, which were pavers, and was dragging them around the backyard, like kind of re, redoing the alfresco, if you will. <laughs> and I look at him, he's like this, he's kind of a nuggety staffy, and he's like got them in his mouth, and he's just dragging them across the floor. And I look at him, and he like drops the paver. I'm like, up to, it's three in the morning. Get in your kennel. Like puts it down and goes. So upon a further inspection in the morning, I go out there and he is he literally is like 
redone the alfresco, <laughs> the retic, while a little bit of grass was there. And this was an ongoing battle between me and him. And I had to decide, do I like the landscaping more than the puppy or do I like the puppy more than the landscaping? I'd like to say he's 12 years old, he still lives with us. A couple of sets of grass later. But as I rang my builder kind of angrily and was like, what's the go, man? Like, if a dog can get this out, you've done a bad job. And they're like, yeah, uh, the, the kind of, the, the cement that you use for paving is not really like very solid footing. So the dog had cracked the footing and kind of ripped it out. I'm like, well, what do I do? They're like, you've got to redo the footing. I'm like, what does that mean? I go down to Bunnings, get a bag of Brickies Grey, tip it in, kind of mix some water in it, put it there. Sure enough, like a week later, same thing, middle of the night. I'm like, cool. Two bags of Brickies. Like, I'm like, I laid on the concrete. Like, where there was more concrete than pavers. And the dog just cracked the foot in every time. He's like, I want the alfresco to be this way. I don't like it, blue, cream, cream. Like, I want it like. So I rang like a kind of a landscape. I was like, what do I do here? And he's like, this dog basically is just going to get through anything that you put down until you pour straight concrete. Like, I'm talking like concrete. So I'm like, what's the kind of concrete that he can't get through? Like, liquid limestone? Like, I'm looking through the price list. What's the cheapest kind of pour that I can get away with? And he's like, nah, you need like exposed aggregate. It needs to be thick. So we do it, we pour it. I've watched him, he tries. Like digs down. He hasn't cracked it, well yet. <laughs> and what I'm trying to get at is no matter what we build our life upon, if it is not Christ, it's like that little bit of concrete footing around the edge of the pavers that will just crack, peel away, damaged. Something comes along, it's gonna pull it away. But when our foundation is solidly set in Christ, we now have the ability to be able to build on something that is unchanging, strong, doesn't crack, and allows us to shape our life in the direction that he wants us to go. And no matter what blows through, comes our way, when our foundation is set in him, we can begin to build the kind of life that he calls us to, the kind of life that matters. And so my question to, to begin with this morning is, where is the foundation of your life being built? There are lots of things we can build our lives upon. There are lots of things that we can do. There are lots of things that are good. But what Paul is trying to tell us here is it doesn't matter how good it is. If it's not Jesus, it's not the right thing. And you're building something else. You're building a different life. You're building another life. And for all of us, it's a moment to take stock and go, what, what, what's holding my life together? Is it Christ or is it something else? And if it is something else, I'd encourage you to reflect on what that might be and have a think about what it might look like to start building on a foundation that is Jesus Christ. Verse 12 kind of continues here and it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels. I love that he starts with the good things, wood, hay, or straw. Even I know you don't build with straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show you if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. 
See, I, I believe what he's saying, Paul is saying here to us is firstly, there is no, there's no choice in foundation. The foundation has to be Jesus. But we do get a choice in what kind of quality life we want to build with. We do get to choose. Do you want to use expensive materials? Do you want to use cheap materials? Do you, what kind of life do you want to build? You know, I talked before about uh, being a fan of the block. Uh, I do like watching it. We've got some friends that like the block. Carly's a, a big fan of the block. We haven't really talked much about this season, have we? Maybe we can catch up after and discuss which characters we like and which ones we don't. There's always the one that you don't. But one of the things that like grinds my gears, the absolute worst on there, is when someone wins the block that week. They win the points. And then they do this little thing for those who watch the block. The next day, they do what they call like room inspections. And so everyone else kind of gets to go through their room. And mostly it's kind of just sour grapes. Like, oh, look how cheap that thing is they used. And oh, I wouldn't have built it like that. But the thing that kind of grinds my gears the worst is, is when they like pick up a sink or something and it's not plumbed. And you're like, you won, but you didn't plumb your sink. That's why I don't want to buy a house on the block. <laughs> and you can have a look sometimes and something can look really good, but it's built really cheaply. If I'm spending like $3 million on a house and I'm not Dave Hughes, so I can't afford an expensive one uh, off the block like he could, I, want, I would want it to be quality. I remember when I built my house, I wanted it to be more quality than the budget that I could afford. I was like, why are we using these finishings? Because like, you only have this much money. I'm like, got it. But we all get to choose the kind of quality that we get to build our lives with. And ultimately what it's saying here is that at some point, God will judge the life that we have lived. And clearly he's talking to believers here because he says it's not a matter of whether the builder will survive the fire or not. It's not saying if, you, if your life is a bit on the cheap side that you won't survive. It's saying that the work that you have done will count for nothing because it won't survive. I think we see this in our everyday lives, don't we? People of faith, people who are building their lives on, on a solid foundation that are building and some, sometimes a little fire will come across. A bit of pressure will come upon their life, maybe a great deal of pressure. And the materials they've used to, to be building their life upon don't, don't stand up to the fire, do, does it? And it feels like everything just falls apart. And I look and I go, if we're followers of Christ, if we're the ones who are, who are responsible, like we were just singing before, to, to magnify the Lord, to show His greatness, to, to declare holy is the Lord God Almighty, for the world to see. We need to be building lives that are of quality in the world that we live that we would live our lives the, the very best that we can. And hear me, I'm not talking about material things here. I'm not saying that Christians should have the biggest houses, the nicest houses, the, the flashiest cars. I wish that was written there. That would be awesome. But it is saying that the things that we invest our lives into, which are our choice, will determine the kind of reward that we get for our lives. And we're not doing it so that we get a reward. It's not a, a reward on earth. It's a, a reward in heaven. It's a well done, good and faithful servant. But at the end of the day, I know when my life is over, my hope would be 
that people would look, that Jesus would look, that the, the reflection of my life would be that it was spent on materials that mattered, that the things that I invested my life into would matter, that they would stand the test of time, that when the pressure comes, that the things that I'm using, the substance that I'm using to build my life on will survive those things. Money comes and goes. Jobs come and go. To a degree, relationships come and go. Is the life that I'm building consisting of just those things? Or am I doing things with my life that are magnifying the Lord and pointing people towards Him? Or am I investing in things that are earthly and just gonna pass? Where is the investment in our lives? What materials are you and I choosing to build our lives with? Because ultimately it shows here that Jesus is very concerned with the things that we build our lives upon. And each one of us really, only really you or I know right now what that is. Only you would know in your heart the, the things that you treasure, the things that you're building your life with, the things that you're, you're doing with your time that are important to you, that are constructing the, the house, if you will, that is your life. Will it stand up or will it fall down? I know for me, I want it to stand up. I want my house to be a reflection of Christ, my life to be a reflection of Christ. It's not always gonna be perfect. Mistakes will certainly happen. But I wanna do my best to build a life that honors Christ. These, these verses continue and it says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures would say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they're worthless. You know, there are people at this time trying to trip up the church. That's what he's talking about. He's like, don't be wise by the world's standards. God will deal with anybody whose life is being built around trickery, around trying to pull people away. I think it's, it's funny, as I mentioned before, that we look back at this book written all those years ago and there's, there's people deliberately trying to pull people away from faith. I think our, our, our world where we live now is it's, 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 it's still deliberate, but it's, it's far easier. You know, this was kind of around doctrine a lot of the time and who was the greatest and doing this and that. I think for us, there's this distraction everywhere that just pulls for our attention. That there's people whose full-time jobs is to develop strategies to tell us what we want. Like I just sit there and go, I didn't even know that existed, but now I want it. I didn't even know there was a new iPhone. I just heard there was one, now I want it. I don't even know what it does, but it must be better than my current one. I, I want it. We live these lives, we go, oh, that's good and that's shiny and, and I should have this and that person has that. And we begin to get pulled from left to right to build our lives with these things. Paul goes on, he says, do not boast about following a particular human leader for everything belongs to you whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or present in the future, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. 
You know, I think the way that we end up being able to find materials that matter, to be able to build a life that matters, is to have the correct wisdom in our lives. I know for me, I don't know everything, obviously. I don't know all the answers. I, I, I don't half the time know what I'm doing. But you know, along the journey, it's just great to have people that come alongside you and, and put wisdom in and impart wisdom to you. But it's not about who you follow. It's not about the, the, the leaders of the church. It's not about who, who, who leads our, our government, who we're aligned to, who leads us as that being the, the, them being the foundation of our life. It's actually about what wisdom are we putting in? And are we putting in worldly wisdom? Are we worried about status? Are we worried about name or all those things that we could be building our life with? Or are we about finding the right wisdom? You know, we know the scriptures are the, the right wisdom. You know, the thing with building is, and again, my, my illustration of the block, because it's just so easy for me to kind of pull off here, is the, these guys, as we mentioned, I, you wouldn't necessarily want to buy a house that these guys built if they built it themselves. But you know what they have is they have the right people checking their work often making them redo things in the middle of the week, going, you didn't glue your floor. You know what? You're going to rip it up and you're going to re-glue it. You moved a structural wall. Your house is going to fall down. Put it back. Where are we finding these checks and balances in our lives? I need people in my life who will go, hey, that material you're using right now is no good. You need this. Hey, the way you're kind of going about that, have you thought about it this way? People to help lead and guide. But it's not about the, the leader. It's about what we're building with our lives. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up going these, I belong to this or I belong to that or I need this to follow this person or I need that because this person's like this and it becomes about compa comparison more than it does about gaining wisdom. I remember being a, a young kind of teenager and I can see the band going around and they're going to join us in a moment. We're going to sing, but... Probably in my mid-young adults, every kind of youth pastor, connect leader, mentor that I'd had up to that stage had left kind of my life at, at some point. Probably said a lot about how difficult I was to lead. They're like, hey, we'll take this guy on. No. <laughs> yep, we, the only way to get away from him is to go somewhere else, mostly on planes. And I found this had almost a crippling impact on my life, that every time I got close to, to someone that could put wisdom into my life, I began to think about how they might leave. I remember one had a, a significant kind of fall in ministry and left, someone I followed so closely. Now, a great person, had a great impact on my life, but suddenly I started wrestling with my faith, going, if that could happen to them, then what's, like, what does that mean for me? And what I realized, and someone had the wisdom to actually point out was that your relationships with these people aren't actually based on the wisdom, it's based on the security and the status of having those people in your life. And so rather than being able to just gain wisdom and knowledge and have a season of, of great learning, you're attaching your faith to that person. And so when they leave, every time it's gonna set you back. And so I would approach these relationships, or I went through a long time of kind of going, I'm not going to get close with kind of anyone that could mentor me because I'm scared they'll just leave. My foundation was not actually being built in Christ, it was being built in people who followed Christ. And rather than have them teach me how to be me and live my life the very best I can, 
I was just trying to live life the way they I was trying to build their building. Going, oh yeah, I see that six. I'll grab, I'll grab, I'll grab. But when our foundation is in Christ, we're able to get the appropriate wisdom. When we grab the right materials, when we're about the right substance, and we've got people around us helping us learn what to do with it, can you see how it begins to take shape, a life that matters? We all need people to help guide us and pull us back in. Hey, you're going way too over budget on that bedroom. You need to kind of pull it back a little bit. 25 grand's enough on a room. It's ridiculous. Hey, you know, if you do that, this is just going to fall down. We're not meant to journey alone. We're meant to do it together. And instead of comparison and worried about what someone else might think or going, I can't be as good as them or they're just going to let me down, whatever it is for you. We need the right wisdom in our lives. And that comes in the form of people. It comes in the form of the word. And I I love that Paul says that you are spirit led. And look and go, our foundation is Christ. But you know, our counsel is the Holy Spirit. That we walk through life and we should be open and attuned to listening to what the Spirit would say to help lead us and guide us. And I know for me this week, it's, it's been a journey of having a look at my life and going, am I actually building something that will survive the test of time? Or are the materials I'm building my life with cheap? Am I cutting corners anywhere? And the answer to that question is yes, and we're not going to go into that because it's a long list. About this long. Now. Um, but the reality is there's going to be spaces for all of us where we're not using those right materials where we don't have the right counsel, maybe where we're not attuned to what the Holy Spirit might say to us. For you today, you might go, hey, the heck, the house I'm building isn't even on the foundation of Christ. It's actually time to go and start and build another one today on that solid foundation that can only be Jesus. I don't know everybody here today. I don't know all your stories, but what I'm confident of is that Jesus knows your story. What I'm confident of in in this room right now is that the the Holy Spirit is here. What I'm confident about online today is that the Holy Spirit is wherever you are, in your bedroom, in your car. He's here right now live, but He's also going to be around when you watch this later. And what I'm aware of is that He wants to move and speak to us in our lives. That constantly we need to go through the process of change and evolve. It was happening to the Corinthians and it'll happen to us today. That we need to check what we're doing with our lives. To build a life that matters is to build a life that is on the foundation of Jesus. That is built with the very best investment of material that we can have. And that's not comparing to somebody else. That's the very best that we can do with the calling that I've given. The calling that I have is different to the calling that you have. But that's why the church is in a building. It's God's people. And we're all uniquely different. And we all have different circles of friendship and relationship because God wants us to be out there making a difference building a life that matters but the thing that we have in common is that we are spirit led and so we're gonna we're gonna stand in a moment we're gonna sing this great song and I love it no one beside you know I love this song is because it takes a lot of the eyes and we's out of these songs and just declares that it's actually all about magnifying the Lord and really the the I and the we in that is Let us do that together. And we are gathered together today. And part of what we get to do is declare God's goodness and truth 
together. But we're not meant to do that and leave it in the room. We're meant to go out into our world and build a life that matters, magnifying the Lord. He is holy, but we are imitators of Christ, which means we are to be holy, to be set apart, to live differently, to point people towards Him. So that when we get to the end of our race, that Jesus would look and go, you've built a life that matters. And there probably isn't a lot of status in that, but it'll be the substance that we get to build our life upon. And I just believe there's no legacy that money can lead. There's no legacy that belongings can lead. There's no status that your career pathway can necessarily leave that would compare it all to what it would look like to just live a life wholeheartedly for Christ. Those things aren't bad. He probably will bring those things along the way to you. But when we strive for those things, it becomes not about Christ, it becomes about those things. And so my prayer would be this morning, maybe we could stand together as we sing this song, as we declare this truth that we wanna magnify the Lord, that He is holy, that we wanna live a life and build a life that matters, that He would speak to you this morning. Maybe it's a foundational thing, maybe it's a material thing. Maybe it's a little bit more about being spirit-led. I don't know what it is for you, but you know and God knows. And in these few moments I have left, my prayer would be that you would open your heart to Him, to be spirit-led this morning, to allow Him to challenge you on the inside of your heart, to build a life that matters for Him. Can I pray for us? Lord, I thank You that You don't call us to be ordinary that nobody who builds a foundation on you lives a life that is ordinary. But Lord, we're called to live a life and build a life that honours you, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. That the most important thing that we could do is live a life that magnifies you, that honours you, that glorifies you, that points people towards you. And Lord, I thank you that we're not confined by a church being a building that people have to find their way into. But Lord, your church is made up of your people and that we get the privilege of building a life with you, a life that matters. So this morning, I pray we would open our hearts to you. Our ears and our minds would be open to hear you speak to us today. And that we would walk out of here with a step to build a life that matters for you. A little bit deeper in you, a little bit more attuned to your spirit and what you wanna do in our lives. Come on, can we sing this song together? Can we declare his truth? Can we magnify the Lord? Can we worship him? Can we honor him? Can we declare that in here together? That from the bottom of our hearts, we would understand that the calling of our life is to glorify God, is to point people towards him. And it's to honour Him with everything that we have. Come on, let's lift our voices this morning.